0: Love Talk
1: Radio. Oh my goodness, y'all. It is hump day, hump day. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And hello. Happy Wednesday to you and yours. Welcome to all our friends and family and guests. The Couch Chronicles, coming to you live on the LUV Radio Network. I am your radio host personality, Ms. Simone, and I'm thanking you for tuning in to share your time with me tonight. It is a great day to be empowered and to enjoy your journey right from your home and especially from your very own couch. So come on, come on in, get a glass of whatever you like. Sit yourself down. Enjoy the nuances of a woman and man's perspective on some life, love, friends, dating, generational issues and curses, plus every topic in between. Now, if you're new to Couch Chronicles, we all say welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming on in and enjoy the show. And if you're a reoccurring or dedicated Couch Chronicle fan, thank you, thank you for your dedication, babies, and your time, and for being a ride-or-die Couch Chronicle love. Oh, we just love you, love you, love you call and text your friends and family just to come on in and join us. You can do that by logging on to LUVradionetwork.com and press the live button, or you can call into the show tonight at uh, 1-563-999-3519. And that number is one 999 3519 Now, if you have intentions of getting in on the show or you have any questions throughout, please feel free to press that one button, come on in. It's that easy to just sit on the couch with me tonight and have a wonderful, wonderful, and sometimes very grown show. Now, remember, you can connect with myself Ms. Simone, on Facebook and Instagram, at Simone, S-Y-M-O-N-E, last name Hurt, H-U-R-T. Again, that's S-Y-M-O-N-E, last name Hurt, H-U-R-T. So go ahead and send me a friend request, and I'll be more than happy to befriend you back so you can be part of the Couch Chronicle Party. We are now streaming live on LUV Radio Network 24.com. So for all you techies that have a laptop or your phone and would rather be a little bit more technical, go ahead and just log on and get with the programs of you. Just come on dial dial the number come on in and go ahead and text it to one other person and see if they can come on too. So take time to check us out. Join the Love Radio Network for the latest and greatest shows and songs of course on the internet. Now, I'm praying everyone is well today and staying safe. Our topic today is, is your family dysfunctional? Because I could tell you from some experience um, that most families are. And it's kind of relative, not relative, of how dysfunctional your family is. There are some families that have very minimal dysfunction, um, and then there are some of those families that are way on the other end of the spectrum. So it doesn't even matter what and where you are. Uh, Tonight we're going to talk about uh, some of the dysfunctional signs um, to be aware of in families uh, because I had a conversation with someone, and we were talking about some of the dysfunctional traits that um, grown people display. And as we got deeper and deeper into the conversation, we realized that it comes from being on and having either dysfunctional environments, families, or situations. So oh, just let me tell you something. First of all, let me break this down. A dysfunctional family is characterized by conflict, misbehavior, or abuse. Now, relationships between family members can get tense and can be filled with neglect, yelling, and screaming. Now, I don't know what family don't yell and scream because God knows mine does. Um, You might feel forced to happily accept negative treatment, but there is no open space to express your thoughts and feelings freely. I know that for my own experiences, I can attest to that. I, as a child, I had a pretty well- balanced family. But yes, did we have some dysfunction? Oh, God, yes. And a lot of it is going to be in the topics that we're going to be coming up soon. But one of those is I really didn't. I was a um, an only child at that particular time. And I did not feel free to express myself. Um, my parents pretty much told me that I had a grown mind and mouth. And so therefore, um, expressing myself uh, to them was in that form or or shape, was not acceptable. And I had struggled with trying to figure out how to express myself. And as an adult, I still do sometimes. Um, And it's a hard thing to get over, but with practice, you can. Now, let's look at a functional family. On the other hand, those families actually encourage all the family members to either attain optimal growth, happiness, uh, they provide a safe space for emotional well-being. And uh, with that, the, everybody in the family, well, most of the people in the family, can actually flourish. Now, children who are raised in dysfunctional families tend to have higher levels of anxiety, hence I have a higher level of anxiety. So that's how I knew that uh, I had some dysfunction in my family. And, yes, I can be very hard on myself. So if you're hard on yourself, there's something in the family um that didn't always sit well with you um you felt like you could not control or nor manage properly and so so therefore what as children, you kind of that back onto yourself now in many families, there's a lot of power struggles, especially if there's um many children or even the few of one or two um there is some excessive criticism um Unconditional love. If if you're only loved on conditions, um, that can definitely lend to a lot of issues. Substance misuse. Uh, We're going to talk quite a bit about that a little bit later. And excessive expectations. Some children have a lot of anxiety because a lot of expectations were placed on them, either to do well in school or to become things that maybe they didn't want to be or, you know, just didn't even have a plain interest in. Someone else was guiding your life. So there are common characteristics of dysfunction in families. And the show was actually inspired by a conversation I had with a male friend of mine. Um, We were talking about committed relationships, why some people choose not to engage in them, and when presented with the opportunity to have one, what stops you from, from going all the way? And I began to tell a story of a man that I I met, and we had such a great connection. And I mean, not just in the physical sense, but on all levels, like spiritually, mentally. We were both business-minded, had similar interests, knew how to have me time, alone time, us time, we time, uh, while in the relationship. And we also allowed each other to be true, authentic selves. That, myself, I personally enjoyed. Uh, financially on the same page, morals and values were pretty similar, and we loved family, and, and, and self was very, you know, prevalent to be loving yourself, and that was a lot of our date conversations in the beginning. Um, we also had love of travel, some fashion, especially since we both loved to dress up royally like kings and queens as if anybody has been on my facebook page uh go ahead and go there and check it out because i need people to go back to dressing up i don't know what this casual stuff is all about we need to put some real clothes on it and, and get sexy with our clothes on instead of watching all these no clothes but that's a whole different topic we'll deal about that later um we also cooked together we catered to each other um exceptionally shared all facets of intimacy and it wasn't just sex So everybody get your mind out the gutter, but true, positive adoration and love. Now, that sounds great when I package it all up. And when he asked me, okay, but there had to be a problem somewhere. So what on earth could possibly be the problem? And I replied, "Um, there were a lot of red flags along the way. And it was the inconsistencies, um, the lies. Disrespectful moments disguised as jokes. That was something that was pretty new to me. Um, I'm used to people just, if you're going to disrespect me, they just usually flat out just do, go ahead and do it in my face blatantly. I wasn't accustomed to disrespect being disguised in jokes. Um, extreme jealousy and suspicion, but the nail that closed the coffin was the unpredictable emotional outburst of anger. No way and no thank you, mommy. Mm, mm Mm-mm-mm. I I could not do that. I even asked, you know, how many times, have you ever been to anger management class? Well, no, I don't have an anger management problem. Oh, yeah, you do. (laughs) Yes, you do, my brother. Yes, you do. I love you, but yes, you do. And, And that scared me. And because it scared me, I no longer... Felt safe. I never felt protected. Like th- that was that. I don't want that to protect me. I need something that's really going to protect me and keep me safe. And because that's something that's very, very important to me, I was unable uh, to continue on in the relationship. Great guy. A lot of great things. I learned a lot in that relationship. But um, the things that I mentioned, I just could not uh, deal with. So it is wonderful to have those things, Uh, but trust, honesty, and respect are just a few of the major foundations to any relationship, and many people are in relationships for varied reasons. Uh, Some are such as simply because they just don't want to be alone, Uh, some of them because they just need help. Others are just occupying space while still looking for more or better, and no matter what the reason, some individuals have not healed from the traumas, the disappointments, nor the dysfunctions in their lives. Now, I mentioned the word red flags, and Steve Harvey has a reel um, that he says he overheard a woman say to another lady to not be in the habit of collecting red flags. I don't know how many times in my life, I wish I knew that advice a little sooner, that I, I can count on my hands the red flags that you see, but you're so adorned, you're so happy, you're just so giddy for the relationship, that sometimes you let these things slide, and and it's very detrimental to you later. So if you're letting a lot of the red flags in the beginning, some of them come in the middle, um, some of them show up a little later, right after the, the commitment conversation, if you don't Uh, either address them or that person is not interested in doing what they need to do to fix those issues, um, you're not going to have a very happy relationship. And I need a happy relationship. I'm just trying to tell you. I can't tell you. I need happiness. That's very, very important. Okay. Now, um, let's say most family dysfunctional families, uh, they create dysfunctional people. Um, I've even seen the animals a little dysfunctional um, because of the fact of lack of discipline. Um, unless you're worldly or brave enough to have, um, you know, functional friends who can actually call you out on your stuff, and you know who those friends are. You know, they're your real friends, the ones who tell you, "Oh, honey, I'm just being real." Now, if your girlfriend can't or a friend cannot openly admit, if you ask her. I say, do I look fat in this, and she tells me no, and I look in the mirror, and I go, I look fat in this, that's not a real front to me. I mean, but if that's how y'all want to roll, then you go right ahead. I need the truth because all that lies, wait, that takes too much time, energy, get spun around. You got to go here, go there. Mm-mm, not for me. But, look, learn to call things out in a much positive and pleasant way. Truth will set you free. It may hurt a little bit, it'll sting a little bit, but it really, really will. Now, with that said, uh, let's get the party started. Now, make sure you text all your family tonight and tell them to come on in at one number or Google Love uh, Radio Network 24.com and press the orange button and get on in on the action. So some of y'all part of groups, you know, you can get them in on group chat and the text invite them to come on in and listen and enjoy the show. From our very own couch because tonight we are all family and you know what happens when family gets together and just have a little fun. So grab your drink because I got mine and nestle on in my couch babies but don't pull the blanket up too far because it is going to get a little warm up in here tonight. Lean on in and learn something new and just enjoy the ride my love. Okay now everybody welcome to Couch Chronicles my love. How's everyone doing tonight? I hope you're doing fine because I'm doing great. Now, as always, thank you for being on the show with us. And as my grandmama dear used to say, sometimes intimacy starts with a good old conversation. So we're going to get to just talking, okay? Now, the definition of a dysfunctional family, there's quite a few of them out there, okay, um, characterized by conflict, misbehavior, or abuse. Um, I read a lot and I was looking at a, a journal. I do read um, quite a few medical journals, actually. It's it's just a, a hobby that I like to do. Um, and there's two doctors, a Dr. Basim Abbas Ali Ambadi, if I can – I hope I said that correctly. And then there's a corresponding author, Basim Abbas Alibudaya. Um, They're consultants and family physicians, and they have a very interesting program or uh, – It was just like a part one, part two, part three, that broke down the dysfunctional family model. And I thought that was very interesting. Um, They came from a very interesting standpoint. And when I say they broke it down, they broke it down. Um, So relationships between family members can get tense and a lot of yelling and screaming. um, But we, we all try to strive to not be dysfunctional. But the hard part is, what is good function supposed to look like? I know that I've asked myself that question before because I used to look at other families and say, wow, they're really different from us. Um, that works, that works, that works, that looks good, that looks good. Mm, oh, Oops, yeah, they like us on that one, though. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, and if you really take a look at your friend's um, families and how families, some families are yielded on discipline, some are on just education, some kids don't even get disciplined. Um, so, so many different dynamics that are going on, and, you know, that it's hard to figure out where on the spectrum of dysfunction are you, whether you're leaning more towards non-dysfunction or are you leaning towards really dysfunctional. So only you know, and everybody's family is different, I will say that. Um, but literally, my household did look different from uh, some other families, um, especially those that were portrayed on television shows. I definitely love the fact that for the 80s, had a lot of different shows that came on, uh, showing family dynamics that were changing with the centuries. Um, and myself being a highly sensitive child, I believed, A lot of problems that were part of the dysfunction were my fault. And it didn't didn't dawn on me until uh, later when I went to college. No, really, it wasn't my fault. They just, you know, my parents aren't perfect, and that's just how they did it, and that's just who they are. And I came out, you know, not too unscathed, but um, I I do have some habits (laughs) that I'm still working on. I have definitely worked on my self-esteem because if you don't work on these things, your self-esteem will definitely falter. It will wave. You'll have high self-esteem sometimes because you're there, you're trying to get there. But because of a lot of the um, emotional scarring that's caused by the repeated traumas and pain from either your parents' actions, words, family's attitudes, uh, the rivalry between siblings, ultimately um, it does show up within your growth and nurture for your individualization for you. Um, and then as you get older, if you don't work on these things, it gets reflected onto the people who you try to have a relationship with. So um, there are some adults who have been victimized and tend to uh, actually pain past traumas um, and destructive behaviors by um, actually through alcohol, drug abuse, um Repeat of mistreatment that was actually done to them, because we talk about that all the time. Hurt people do hurt people. That's where that comes from. And others that felt inner nervousness of temper and feelings without realizing the reasons as to why you're getting angry, why you're so anxious, why you keep acting out. There's always one child somewhere that's just acting out, and you don't know why. And, you know, some parents will delve into it. Some parents will send you to therapy. And some parents just leave you alone as you're quiet. They just don't give a crap. Um, but living in a dysfunctional family, no matter what it actually looks like for you, uh, will have a long-term effect on your life, even years after you've grown up and live in an even healthier environment. They come out um, from these things from trigger points. Some Someone can say something to you, or you can see something, or you'll hear a sound. Um, sometimes for me, Mine is seeing a spider. That simple. Um, I had uh, male cousins that used to prank me a lot, and um, one of those pranks were were spiders. And sometimes the spiders were not always the play spiders. They were the for real spiders, and they know I just did not like. I had a fear, dysfunction of spiders because of that. So as the years have gone by, I'm okay as long as it's not big and it doesn't jump. Um, I'm I'm all right. I'm a little better at this. but it was really it was really to me because I, I've always looked at other families and said, wow, we don't do that in our family. Wow. that's interesting. Well, maybe our family should do that. Or, wow, I don't think I need to be influenced by some of this stuff that's going on in this household. Um, and as my mama used to say, you can't go, go to everyone's house because you just never know um, the manner of people, their characteristics, and their level of dysfunction. So if you're still in a dysfunctional family, it is important to see your situation for what it is and take the steps to actually either change it, and of course, my God love, if it's anywhere near any type of major abusive um, anything, then you may want to leave it. I know how hard it can be, but you have to take some of that energy and time to actually go ahead and get help and, and do whatever you can to get out. So let's break some things down, what I call peeling back that onion, and to determine what level of dysfunction uh, you may actually come from or may have experienced. For those who are not as dysfunctional as others, listen up so that you can become aware of some of the red flags and signs who have a better love for self and better relationships. Now, there are many forms of dysfunction. I was reading an article by Lydian Ship, it's two P's, which was medically reviewed by Robin Brock, and the most common dysfunctional family characteristics. I did not know there was that many. I, I kind of got blown away on the research on this, um, but it's a lot. And, and I would just suggest that you, you know, at least check it out uh, to see for yourself. Um, I did a lot of self-reflecting going through the list, um, and it shows you how to spot them, what can be done, and some of the most commonly known dysfunctions. I named a few. One is fear. If you have fear, that's excessive fear. Some, every, somebody has fear of something, but I'm talking about fear of clowns, fear of animals and spiders. There's a trauma that might have happened that has caused that fear, and we have not co- corrected it yet. Um, there's abuse. That's something that some abuses are are actually visual that you can see. And there are some abuses that we don't see. Um, There's verbal or physical abuse. There's addictions such as drinking, smoking, perfectionism. That is a um, dysfunction, y'all. In in no way it's perfect, okay? Um, Especially since the root of most of these, all are thematic with traumas, which is things that coincide with how either probably this dysfunction began in the first place. So, um, like I said, it can, addictions can lead to so many different unhealthy relationships among family members. I know there are families out there that um, had either an abusive mother or abusive father, uh, someone either smoked or uh, not just cigarettes excessively, but pot, anything else. There's family members that are doing coke, doing drugs, and the outcomes of their actions are spilling into the family dynamics, causing different types of trauma, causing the family to actually trauma bond just to survive. And um And most of the time, because the children are suffering, they don't really have the voice to actually step and say anything. And so, therefore, we are left with having to deal with either narcissistic parents, uh, older siblings. Um, There's always one that's the daredevil. (laughs) Um, There are different many um, dysfunctions that are broken out. So I'm going to actually break them out so that we can talk about them when we come back from break um there's always the enabler or the caretaker one of the kids is going to be the caretaker and that person protects and takes care of the problem parent or situation or family in order to keep the family going or to keep the secret in the closet now he or she can take on this burden and the responsibilities of some of the problems and they also um lose out on a lot of their youth by doing this and they're always trying to prevent the situations from going into some type of crisis uh, event. There's also the hero. Take a look at your family now. See, who you know, who's lined up with that. The hero takes on the role of making the family look good. This overachieving person is good at making everything on the outside look perfectly normal to everyone else, okay? when and especially because the burden is so heavy, the hero is usually the one that breaks down in, in silence. Now, the scapegoat is often the child who exhibits negative behaviors, the one I was talking about previously, um, just to get attention. And because they're getting attention, um, even though it's negative, it takes uh, away from the main problem that, uh, that the family is exhibiting or having, but yet they don't quickly identify it and actually fix it. Then you have the lost child. I got one of those. And that's the quiet one who tries to escape the situation. This child often avoids interactions with other family members and leading to a lack of social development, underdevelopment, um, by the way, in the long run because of it, because they're just not for the drama. You know, that's that kid. I can't do that. I don't want to hear all that. That's too much drama. Y'all go over there with that. I'm not the one. Um, Because they avoid it for so much, they don't learn how to interact, so it shows up in their relationships um, and especially in their parenting style. Uh, The mascot, I was actually the mascot in my family. Um, This person works to lighten the mood and break up the tension within the family, and what's used is usually um, the distraction is humor. Um, A lot of people... That know me say that I'm quite comedic. Um, I never thought to be a, a com- you know comedian, but um, when things get heated, I, I do tend I, my nervous construct is to actually tell a joke, and this is where that comes from. So if you're living in a dysfunctional family, you could probably identify the people who are in these roles in your household, and uh, just know that everybody has a little something may not be a total dysfunction, but we, we have something somewhere. And I don't think um, we look at how this really affects other people, especially when we're in our family dynamics. Um, we just try to survive, actually, <laughs> follow the rules and do what we want to do. Um, but as an adult, when you start realizing, oh, wow, why can't I have long-lasting relationships? Okay, why am I always acting out? Um Why do I um, tend to retreat um, from conflict instead of uh, learn how to deal with the conflict? Um, These are questions that we really, really need to ask ourselves. Um, So, look, everybody, this is a tough topic sometimes for some people, but just remember, you don't have, just because you come from a, a dysfunctional family, you can grow up to make yourself healthier. Read books get self empowered, you know, pay attention to other people. It's a behavior that you like, then and you know that it's not hurting anybody, um, try to adapt that. And and, you know, but unfortunately we also have to learn how to deal with the dysfunction because in some families, bottom line is it ain't going nowhere. So sorry that we have to come to that to that um moment. But We are going to go ahead and get a break. All right, everybody, just thank you for holding on. Just hold on just a little bit longer. But we're going to go ahead and um, go refill our glasses. And then when you come back, we're going to finish up talking about uh, more in-depth signs of dysfunction and the ones that you really cannot see that are pretty much the most devastating ones. So go ahead, get your glass, whatever you like. I don't care if it's Pepsi. I don't care if it's milk. Just go on to that refrigerator, go on to the wine cart, wherever you're going, refill, and come on back. I'll be back in a moment. Thank you.
0: Give it off the wall. You're listening to the Love Radio Network Worldwide. Worldwide. Loveradionetwork.com. Educational, inspirational, trending topics, and the hottest hottest hit With award-winning talk show host and personality. And you made us number one. Thank you. Love Radio Network. Building a network of love. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm so happy you're back. I had to wet my whistle, y'all, for real, for real. I'm up here. I don't know why all y'all always want to know what I'm drinking. Today I'm a good girl. I actually have some H2O. I'm drinking some water today because I'm feeling a little dehydrated from too much partying last week. I'm still getting myself together. But welcome back to Couch Chronicles on LUVradionetwork.com. Our topic tonight, if you just tuning in is, is your family dysfunctional? Thank you. Thank you everyone for coming on in and uh, let's pick up where we left off. Um, before we were talking about what is a dysfunctional family? What does dysfunction mean? I uh, gave some examples of what those are. Um, and in my uh, studies and research, I'm trying to tell you, I was blown away at how many dysfunctions or family characteristics uh, for dysfunction that there really are. Um, I was reading the article who is by Miss De- Barry Davenport, B-A-R-R-I-E Davenport. It's September 23, 2021, and it's 39 Unhealthy Signs of a Dysfunctional Family. Very, very well-written article. Uh, it breaks a lot of things down. Uh, it talks about the abusive parent, and it lets you know that there's an estimated approximately 70 to 80% of people come from dysfunctional families. So what are the causes of some of this dysfunction in in families? Um, And here are some things to actually consider. We um, sometimes have the result of one overtly abusive parent and one codependent parent who turns a blind eye to misbehavior. Uh, Dysfunctional parents learn their behavior from their very own parents and replay their past experiences um, in new families or conjoined families. and some cases, when one parent does not object to the dominant parent's abuse, the children are led to believe that dysfunction is their own fault. And sometimes children grow up in these families believing the situation is normal and acceptable. Um, there are different types of single-parent families, blended families. Um, some aren't dysfunctional by nature, and some are blended, and you may have one side that's, not as dysfunctional and other side that's very dysfunctional. And these situations happen to increase the chances of a whole dysfunctional nest. Um, the family characteristics, like we went over, were the enabler, the hero, the scapegoat, the lost child. You know, which one are you? I'll just take a look at that. Um, but there's a lot of dysfunction that cannot be seen. And for the most part, there are things that aren't seen with that naked eye. Just remember uh, that most importantly, part of this is to acknowledge and seek help immediately. And remember that support is always necessary for finding your way back to becoming as healthy as you possibly can and back to yourself. Now, as a family member, you should take a close look at not only yourself individually, But try to take a look at your other siblings. If you don't have siblings, take a look at your cousins. And take stock in the characteristics that are the same and some that are not, which those are different. There are many degrees and levels of dysfunction, and we have some more to go over. Uh, So there's more onion to peel back. So please, if you're having any issues or problems, as a disclaimer, please seek medical attention and help. And if you need to start healing yourself, at the end of the show, I'll give you some sites that you can go to to actually read up on it and actually be shown or read how to start the process for healing. Now, as we all know in um, today's world, um, one of the major things that I talk about with quite a few people is gaslighting. Um, Gaslighting is a form of... uh, not good to say it. I'm just really understanding that it is a type of emotional abuse in which someone causes the victim to doubt their own understanding of reality. I, for some reason, didn't want to believe that there's there are that many manipulators out there, that you got that much time to manipulate someone to do something. Why don't you just do something for yourself? We're not putting our energies in the right place. Um, the actual person who's causing the issue, will deny that the abuse is really happening. And it's very confusing and overwhelming because all of a sudden you're doubting that what you see and feel is actually real. Gaslighting is not new, um, and I was informed of this and had to look it up. And it's a term that's inspired by uh, the 1944 Ingrid Bergman film Gaslight. Gaslighting is a type of emo- emotional abuse. It was very interesting for me to learn that. Now, some of the examples, especially with siblings, insisting that your childhood experience weren't quite as bad as you remember or just family members that point blank say something that, um, you, know it, you know, that didn't happen. You know how we sweep it under the rug, family. And sometimes that's really not good. It needs to be, it's like, you know, the, the wound underneath the Band-Aid, and not only the Band-Aid needs to come off as well so the wound can actually heal. Now, um, ignoring boundaries is a pretty – one that you really – you don't see it as much, but you hear it. Um, If you don't set healthy boundaries, um, it's crucial that you do. And if you want a healthy relationship, it's a must. Um, And they can range from please don't call me at work, Um, please don't touch me there, um, but set rules for yourself and and figure out what are deal breakers, which are no no total no nos that you 're just not going to tolerate, and list some of those things that you just don't like uh if your wishes aren't being respected by anyone um and sometimes it happens to yourself sometimes we self inflict this to us ourselves um Just think that the boundary has to not only apply to the other person, but it needs to apply to yourself as well. When it's done that way, you can make yourself feel um, more respected. So as you give respect, you should be getting more respect back. Um, I know in in my family, this is a key one, and playing the blame game. (laughs) Um, Whose fault is it? That was the big thing in my family. Now I don't know about yours. But um, even though the actions or behavior may not be for the sole reason for given issue, but regularly refusing to take any accountability for things is an absolute red flag. So that's another one, people. Pay attention to that. Being in um, an abusive relationship, it causes toxicity. Um, Being in families that are dysfunctional yield toxic siblings. And if you have more than, let's say, for an example, you got five kids, you have three toxic children, um, they tend to start bullying the other family members who are not dysfunctional or may not be as toxic as themselves. And therefore, you have um, a lot of harmful behavior that's going on. But because these patterns are not addressed, they keep replicating themselves and years and years go by without um correcting the situation, it becomes a very sickening normalization of of harmful behavior that we normalize because it's been happening to us and we've realized not till later that it was wasn't harm it was harmful for us. So in any well adjusted family dynamic, believe me, there's usually no such thing as Uh, taking sides, but when someone learns poor relationship patterns from a parent, um, they may try to earn the parent's affection by, you know, doing those patterns over and over again. And here we go again with the continuation of the trauma cycle and continuation of a dysfunctional family. Um, The content within your family sometimes are secrets, sometimes inside that family you 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 know, there's usually one person that tells everything. I I don't know about you but I you know, I had that one <laughs> in my family. I don't care what happened. I don't care what you did. They always went back to tell. And I think they did it because they're trying to get on the good side of the parent who they know is pretty much, you know, sometimes will take care of the situation, but a lot of times not. It's it's very interesting. So, you know, please take a look at that because if you're still repeating some toxic patterns, trust and believe me, you're having some stressful relationships. You're stressing yourself out. Um, You're also pushing toxic um, influences into your life by assuming the poor ways that they treat you are acceptable. Stand your ground, okay? Knuckle up, as my grandfather used to say. Knuckle up. You know, you got to put your hands on your hip and you just got to say, uh-uh, not today. So you could be your own Superman or your own hero. I don't care if, you know, whoever you are, you got some Clark Kent out there, you know, for Superman, and you got some Wonder Women. Um, But whatever you need to actually get to that, please feel free to get there.
0: Um,
1: Dysfunctional behavior. um, If you've been in it, and you are anywhere of 35 and older you are seeing this in a lot in society not even just in your family anymore you might not have recognized it as well in the within the family but now you're seeing it at work you're seeing it at home you're seeing it in your social settings and A lot of times, I'm bringing this up because I've seen people do some toxic, pretty toxic things, and nobody in the group says anything. I'll pause for a moment for you to think about that. Think about the last time you saw somebody do something pretty toxic or dysfunctional. What did you do about it? Experience and witness this abuse, whether it's physical, emotional, or sexual. You know, but you ain't telling. And it also includes, you know, the neglect from the other person. And while your parents may not be abusing you or the other people may not be abusing you directly, just the mere exposure to other people's fights can be damaging. I know I became, um, you know, I went through some issues, but I I don't know why I love to fight. Um, And I guess I learned it from my parents because they fought all the time. Um, and now today I just have, I don't have a place for that. It's just too much. God gave me a brain and a mind and a mouth. I need to grow up, formulate better conversations, learn how to deal with the situation better. If I agree, I agree. If I don't learn to disagree, um, I, of course, more positive than probably what I am saying. Those of you who know me know that. And just recognize that I don't wish to be abused and I don't want to give abuse. So, um, a lot of people, unfortunately, because of this, they need not only emotional support but they need emotional care and I would like to see more of us reach out more to those individuals. We can't make them you know as they say you can't lead them to the you can lead them to the water, but you can't make them drink but I would like to see us lead them more to the water and help out a little bit more and because sometimes people just give up and they just don't know what to do. And when you know that you don't have an outlet or, you know, or no one cares about you or you can't figure out how to get past your go where you're at, um, it, it becomes enabling emotionally. And it comes out in signs of emotional abuse, literally. Um, some of these behaviors, bullying, gaslighting, Controlling behaviors, shaming, manipulation, constant ridicule, or criticism. And some of it's just plain out just threatening. Um, Quite the narcissistic behaviors, but there's verbal abuse, physical abuse, sarcasm, which I currently uh, still am working on. I have a lot of sarcasm. I still have to work on that. Um, Name-calling. Intense anger, lack of respect, selfish or childish behaviors. And that's a lot of times it's more from the adults than it is actually the children. Um, Withholding love, affection, or sex. Ah, yes, I said it, y'all. Woo, child. Yes. I I know as a a woman when I was married, yes, I did withhold sex because you know how transparent I am. Uh, But I did not know that that was um, uh, uh, emotional abuse. (laughs) I had no idea. Uh, And we grow and learn as we we, we grow, I'm just trying to say. But ladies and men, for y'all out there withholding sex, that's not the way to go. Uh, You need to have more conversations. You're going to have to learn how to agree and learn how to disagree and, and actually manage through the drama, trauma, and the issues um so you can get back to the good old section that's all i can say now withholding love i i have seen people do that um when someone does that though i would not first question is like hey what's up <laughs> i don't understand what's going on can we talk about that you know um so i don't know what and how you would do that um so please make sure that you seek a therapist i am not a therapist <laughs> by me, no means necessary um, and, and see for yourself. Research. Do some background checks. Unpredictable emotional outbursts. I think I I have personally have people who don't like me because I have done this um, in the past. I, I I will say that I'm getting much better at it. But as I grow older, um, I had to get over that. I'm one of those people who hold things in, and then when I get to a point where I just can't anymore. I just explode. Um, So with some anger management classes, I have had to to learn how to um, address the issue and actually express myself in a much more positive uh, way. Um, If someone's being spiteful with you or turns others against you, these are all toxic behaviors that are part of emotional abuse. Um, People who play mind games. I mean, really, personally, I think you're a genius. But why are you playing the games on me? Go go, build something. Go create something new in the world. I mean, if you're playing so many games, figure out how to become richer off of that. But just, you know, leave it alone. Don't give it to me. That's all I'm saying. Um, if you're regularly invalidating others in the family, you know, intolerance, extremely jealous, or suspicion, I um, actually I have had to deal with that quite a few times. Um, I guess because I'm so free-spirited, most men uh, have a hard time because they're control freaks. I'm, I'm learning to stop picking control freaks because I do not wish to be controlled, and I do need my sense of freedom. But here's the caveat. I do know how to be loyal, and most people don't know how to do that. Um, So if you can earn my loyalty as well as my trust, you don't have to worry about what I'm doing. Just relax, sit back, you know, relax and enjoy the run. You know, some people can't even enjoy enjoy the the, the path or, the you know, the ride because they're so busy looking somewhere else. And, you, you, you know, you don't even get to feel the breeze in your head. You don't get to see the trees. You don't get to see the stuff going by. You're not in a relaxed state. So all this dysfunction um, definitely carries over into other relationships, it fills you up with not positivity, ladies and gentlemen, but a lot of negativity. Um, and just be more mindful and cognate of your actions uh, towards other people, especially as you get older. You really should be more, um, I know for me, I'm trying to be more mindful of how I deal with things because I feel like I need to teach my son's the more proper way to handle it, even though we did not grow up handling it like that. So, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but, you know, having kids, um, even being a single parent yourself, sometimes it's a little hard uh, not to be toxic because based upon how you got in that situation, um, really determines on how you really want to handle it. But let's be kinder, nicer, more gentler human beings, okay? Um, want to talk about vacations and holidays, people, um, because I know I, I speak about this with quite a few of my friends. You know, holidays and vacations used to be very, very stressful for me. It was nothing but work, 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 work. I did not ever feel like I was really enjoying the vacation, and I felt like all I was was a worker bee. And when I got just a few moments to actually enjoy it on my own, by myself, or with friends and family, I was asked to do something else again. Um, So as I've gotten older, I want to thank being an adult for me to be able to enjoy a vacation (laughs) because um, holidays are so much more joyful now, no matter how much work we put into them. Now, I don't quite mind. I don't feel like the worker bee. I now feel like I am a contributing factor to the holidays and the positivity and the actual memories that will be created. So mindset, trying to be more positive will definitely, definitely help you to obtain more, you know, stop being so dysfunctional. You have to change your mindset as well. Now, I've gone through several periods of time in which um, I wish that I had someone else's family, literally had someone else's family. I found that they, you know, those families, the attractiveness that I had to them was that they had a lot of peace in their family. And it was something as I grew older, I started learning to actually seek out and learn and train myself to have. Um you always see your neighbors, as an example, next door, having fun, playing in the yard, um, families coming together to do things. Um, and then you find yourself looking, you know, outside in and wishing you could be part of their family instead of your own. Um, this has been great for me because I have um, other families. I have Baltimore family. I got a Columbus family. Um, I have families in other places that I've lived in, uh, such as Houston and as in um, Nashville, Tennessee. So it's sometimes seeking that out will connect you with people who can show you a different way of actually handling or creating a more positive lifestyle for yourself because I want to – I definitely thank those families that – my other or what I call my other state families, um, uh, for all that they did for me and allowed me to ask questions as to why you guys do it this way and different things like that and when did you know, did did you do it like this before? Did anything change? Um, it was just more comfortable to talk with someone else than to be in my own situation. So if you think you're the only normal person in your family, look in the mirror and just tell yourself that you love yourself. <laughs> But trust me, everyone's thinking that too. We're not quite knowing how normal we are, how dysfunctional we are. And until we start hitting our heads up against the wall, especially in our careers, um, as our, our families, having children, that's when you really start getting to the nitty-gritty of peeling your onion back of who you really are and the things that may possibly need to be changed. So trust me. I love myself to believe that I am normal, okay? Um, I have changed a lot of dysfunction in my life. Do I have more to go? Yes, I do. So I acknowledge it. I admit it. I claim it. And I'm working on it. So just remember, stay away from very controlling people because controlling people will take your peace away, okay? Um, If you're with a bully and they're threatening you, that's not a safe place. It's not a safe haven place for you to be. So think about what you should need to do next. Um, Stop blaming and pointing the finger at other people and try to make sure that even though that one finger is pointing out at them, that you've got three other fingers pointing at you. So make sure that you put yourself in that thought process as to how you are going to figure out the accountability as well as how to state more clear boundaries moving forward so that you can have more positive consequences. Um, placing blame on other people is actually a very dangerous habit that typically occurs uh, with victimization. Um, so when someone tells you that they feel some kind of way, try to provide some empathy. Um, we need more empathy in the world today. I definitely would say that. And punishment, if you, I grew up with punishment was used instead of um, discipline. Excuse me, and I, I carry that into my own family and I think and I look at back on my kids now, there was some good that really came out of it, but I wish that I had known better to allow them to be a little bit more freer because now I think they put themselves in their own boxes and I just want them to be birds and fly and I've created a box for them that maybe they're turkeys. Um so me and my kids talk about this, so it's okay for me to share with you. <laughs> but I'm at that point where, oh, did I do that? Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, mommy's got to do better. I'm, I'm going to do better going, moving forward because we don't want this to have to go on to the grandbaby. So uh, everything needs to be looked at and talked about and try, try, try to make it better. Now, stop threatening people. Don't abuse people. If you have an addiction, think about how it affects you and others. Um and be more present. I can't even describe that to people, that we need to be more present and show more empathy. Um, you know, practice with yourself in the mirror. You know, that's my big thing. Last week's show was all about being in the mirror. But with that, that's about as much as I have for today. So in closing, I know that was a quick one, Thank you all for listening and joining me on the couch tonight. Uh, be safe and continue to do one thing better than you did yesterday. Remember to love yourself first, and, of course, we love y'all too. So see you next week, Wednesday, on the couch at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And until we talk again, make sure to be the best kings and queens that you can possibly be. Feel so free to listen to past shows at LUV Radio dot 24com And don't forget to download or scan our app so that you are front and center every week for our shows and the great music in the place 24 hours a day. So peace out and many blessings to you and yours and to you a good night. And I'll see you next week, people. We're going to talk about something juicy, so come on back. Love you. Have a good evening.